Welcome to Across the Park Podcast, a football podcast on both Everton and Liverpool Football Club, hosted and produced by a group of friends from both sides of the park. We pride ourselves in bringing you the very best conversation from the ongoing matters at both clubs, providing banter and debate. We also release regular specials with guests connected to both clubs, providing insights and interviews never heard before. The back catalogue of these shows is available on our website, acrosstheparkpodcast.co.uk. Don't forget to hit subscribe to Across the Park Podcast on your favourite listening app, and please give us a follow on our social media. Head over to Instagram or Twitter and search at Across the Park PC, or Facebook, search Across the Park. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Today's podcast is brought to you by Camper Kings. When you have the freedom to choose, where will you go? Hiring a camper van from Camper Kings means you've just bought a ticket to adventure. Camper Kings offer a stunning range of quirky camper vans and luxury motorhomes with modern and stylish features, providing you with a safe staycation escape. Adventure awaits at camperkings.co.uk and you can follow them on Instagram at camperkings underscore UK. For Across the Park listeners only, there's a free bottle of champagne and free insurance when you quote Across the Park. Hello everyone, welcome to Across the Park podcast, episode 34 of the 2020-21 season. When is this season going to end? We've got Gary Judge and Andrew Price representing the Blues, and we've got Gary Murray and Phil Roberts representing the Reds. Uh, we're recording on a bank holiday Monday today, so hopefully you've got that this episode a little bit earlier than usual. Um it's morning, it's absolutely grim outside, and it's exactly how I feel, to be honest, and <laughs> to cover uh, another Everton home defeat. So we'll be starting there, we'll then be moving on to um, probably discussing the um, the context of, of Liverpool's um, pre- postponed game yesterday at, at Old Trafford and, and, and what that means, when that game's potentially going to get replayed. We've got loads of social media interaction and, and questions via the website this week. Quite a lot centred around Everton's performance, so we will cover that them during the Everton review. For the for the Blues, who are probably thinking about switching off right now, we've got higher, higher or lower, and we've also got Who Am I as well, so that's a little bit of entertainment for you this week, as opposed to listening to me and Pricey absolutely <laughs> terrorising the team. Um, and then we'll be looking forward to next next week's fixtures, as well as a look back in history to quite positive or two very positive moments in, in fairly recent history from, from Everton and Liverpool to cover as well. So without further ado, Pricey, unfortunately, I'm going to come across to you. It was um, another bitterly disappointing defeat and, and performance, really, at the hands of, of Aston Villa, who were a few weeks ago, uh, I suppose, a, a bit of a rival. They had fell, fell away a little bit, but you know they gave us a timely reminder that we're certainly far from being the, the the end product. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they looked like they were fighting for it more than us. They looked like it was them that could have potentially got a European place or a Champions League place rather than us. It was them that were on the front foot, looked more aggressive than us. And for me, it was just frustrating that, that we didn't look that way. We didn't look mm. like we, we actually wanted it. We didn't look like it mattered or it was important. Um, in terms of how we set up, you know, obviously losing Rodriguez uh, in the warm up is is a bit of a killer because we did miss him and he was you know he's an important player and Awobi's not the replacement you really want is he? If Hamas isn't going to play and you see Awobi's on the team sheet instead, it doesn't exactly fill you with with Absolutely confidence, yeah. unfortunately. Um, but to say that, I don't, I don't think he could have he could have set up any any other way. We we won against Arsenal. And he he went for the same team, didn't he? So I had no complaints about about the setup of the team. It was more. 
It was more the the players for me. It was more did they want it enough? And, and I just don't I don't feel like they did. And, and there's issues with the, the the type of players, as I said, Wobi. He, he lacks the quality. A couple of other players who lack the quality. Gomez in particular for me. Um, and and who just didn't? You just you just don't have it week after week. They just don't have it. So. You know, you can't you can't moan moan about well I can't moan about the the, the lineup but 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 it's not good enough and, and the players just didn't want it enough. But yeah, well well let's look at let's look at that element first. That I suppose for me it was a, there was a lack of urgency, like you say, there was a lack of determination and and, and really wanting to win or, or wanting to get on the front foot. I mean, you look at their first goal, pretty much epitomizes the whole game, doesn't it? You got Holgate dwelling on the ball, trying to be kind of clever, trying to slow the games down for some reason and. and I mean, he, he got warnings a couple of times, didn't he, before he gave that ball away. Yeah. And you got Ollie Watkins, who's obviously took the chance, who was ruthless and, and hungry to, to kind of get... Every time the ball dropped anywhere near the area, he always looked like the likely candidate to get on the end of it. But it's just a stupid mistake, that. I mean, it, 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 I, I, I'd i say it's out of character for Holgate, but it's not. I think he, he's got that tendency to be a little bit too cocky and, and always wanting to try and... So, for me, a, a very basic defender or a good old school defender there in that position but just whack the ball out of play and go all right I've, I've had a bad touch or they just you know they look to clear the lines he wanted to try and prove that he was kind of better than Watkins and to get his body in and try and turn him or something and he, he'd, he'd almost lost it before that but obviously then lost it for the goal that puts you then into that position doesn't it where you're kind of you're chasing the game but for me it, it looked like it woke us up a little bit you know we, we kind of got on the front foot a little bit then we've then got the goal we've got a little bit of a bit of a platform but like you say, the the players just never looked like they they really wanted to to kind of assert themselves. Um, even, you, even, go on. You shouldn't need to go a goal down though in in that game of a big important game like that for us because that was a it's a that was a massive game. Now yeah. Saturday, you shouldn't have to go a goal down. What you're saying about Holgate is completely right. He just looks arrogant. He just looks like he thinks he's he's, he's above. And I don't mind Holgate. I'm not slagging him off as a player. He's you know mm. he's a decent player. He's done all right this season, but. He does have them moments where he just looks like he's 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 overly confident and and and, and, and the wrong side of to arrogant. To me, it sounds like you're describing Stones a little bit because he was like that for Everton. Really. No, no. I thought he tried to overplay it. He was known for that. But, wasn't but Stones he? was Stones was capable of doing it. I, I don't know. It's different. You know what he reminds me of? The way that he carries himself. Love him for use. Yeah. It's like in the game when you're thinking, oh, get rid of him now. He? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. When when you know when you're thinking, oh, we need to just get rid of him or whatever, or he or he seems like he's his back's against the wall. He pulls out a performance or a series of performances where you think you are good enough. Yeah. And then when he just starts to get comfortable, like he's had a few games where he's been picked ahead of Keane, yeah. picked ahead of Mina. Godfrey's, you know, Godfrey's there on merit, and Godfrey doesn't change, does he? He plays. No. He's consistently the way he is, both mentality and and, and output. Whereas Holgate, whenever he gets the position where he feels like he, he's got it, it's like he, it goes to his head and he Overly just gets really... He? Yeah, That's what it is, it's an overconfidence with him. And like you say, the first one he done was he got away with it. So in the back of your head, he should be thinking, that's not happening again. No matter what, I'm yeah. not going to let that happen again. And he, he just didn't because of... And I, I half agree with you. He, he was trying to prove a point that he can do it. And he, he yeah. doesn't need to prove that point. It's, uh-huh. not, it's not for him to do that. In comparison to Stones, Stones had, had quality, and Stones was trying to make you know something happen, and he, he was he was told to do that by the manager. Stones, he was told to to, to play out but from I'm the back. Am I right in thinking? You know, at the point Stone Stones were sold, you were saying, yeah, he's he's, he's not that good anyway. Well, no, anymore. it's a, 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 it was a bit of a square peg in a round hole for us. Stones, he, he he we needed 
we needed a, a proper defender again. Our defense was weak mentality wise, and and we, we were not mm. keeping clean. We weren't doing the basics. To have a player like that was Wasn't it, it was wasted. Yeah, it was yeah. wasted on us. And and you know what? I'll, when I, while we're on that point, I'll go on the record of saying I, I thought that he was never going to be a defender, I did. never mm. going to be good enough as a defender. But this season, the last, yeah, this <laughs> season, and and uh, that's it with defenders, isn't it? And you know, I suppose that's the one thing we've got in our, in all of our defenders. They're all young. They've all, they've all still got to learn the the you know the the trade really haven't he? I think Keane's the only one really where you'd say he's had enough years at this level yeah. where he should be the end product as a defender. You know, Mina, Godfrey, Holgate—they're all very young, so they're all players you can improve. And they have improved as well. Yeah. To be fair, yeah. they have improved this season. You can't you can't knock them for that. Uh, Holgate's the one out of the three of those that you've mentioned who has had his moments, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. This season where he's cost us a couple of goals or whatever. But they've, they have all improved. Um, it was just, yeah, Holgate for me just he just does have a bit of arrogance about him that's not warranted. It's a bit yeah. too overconfident and a bit over cocky for me. Going back to the other the other culprits, if you will, obviously we, we got we got the equaliser. It was a set piece. I don't think there's much to say about it. Dominic Calvert Lewin's got on the score sheet, which you know we're going to come back to him in a moment. Um, it's a good ball from Lucatine. It's very atypical of what we produced home and away, and, I, and I'm not I'm not that kind of saying that that. It's no good or whatever, you know. We set piece, set piece goals are the a bedrock of any, I think, successful team. Um, but you know, I think it's a goal that you're expecting Calvert Lewin to score. It's a goal that you're expecting Everton to score. But it's a goal really that should have took us on. Um, and we just didn't produce anything a note after that, did we? No, we didn't. It was it wasn't the kick up the backside that it should have been. We should have gone and gone. We've we've gone a goal down, but we've got one back. We're lucky to have got one back because. I don't think I think Villa could have scored scored a couple mm. more before we yeah. got that, that equaliser. So we're lucky to be back in it. Let's push on now. Let 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 let's have a go. And it just doesn't seem to be any. Cole, I know Coleman's the only person I'd say on the pitch is a leader, like a, a mm. natural born leader on the pitch. But there's no one else, and there's nobody like you. Don't see anyone like you know proper fist pumping and, and telling people come on let's have it you know it, it just you've been saying this now for probably two years I, I yeah. think I think Alan was a bit of an exception I, I seen a few times where he was getting really frustrated and stuff and, and he was like but you know we by all accounts I'm not I'm not sure his English is that good for one Um, I don't think he's ever been a captain he's always led by example in the way that he plays and the way that he kind of conducts himself but like you say it, it you, you do need someone out there and Who's, who can kind of carry that and, and you know saying when we get level to kind of rally the troops yeah. I almost feel like Hamez is sometimes that player you know when when you when you have got the opportunity to get on the front foot he'll be like give me the ball I'll show us the way we should play now we had no one really dictating the play in that way either did we do you know like no no I know Obi, got, Obi had lots of the ball and he was trying but yeah, I, I don't know no what he was trying though. Yeah, no, no quality to him, is there? And that's, that's what I'm saying about the difference with Hammers. Hammers can come and he'll try and get the ball, but he'll, he'll create something or he'll, you know, he sort of raises the standards, doesn't he? Just the fact that he's in the team raises everyone else's standards to a certain extent. And, and it's, you know what, as well, I think when he picks the ball up, players run forwards because they expect him to find him. Yeah. You know, when Gomez gets on the ball, he takes too long to play a pass. When he plays a pass, it's about 90 foot in the air, so it takes 20 minutes to get there. And by the time it gets there, half their team's over and, and putting pressure on it. it mm. th- th- there's no one else out there, really, who can get us on the front foot. And and I think that was almost a, a symptom of the rest of it then. You know, we had plenty of the ball, but then we, we didn't have that player to take us from, you know, defence to attack quick enough. No. And, I, I th- you know, we might as well cover him now, because I know he's a player who's frustrated the life out of me, and, and he has with you. Andre Gomez... He, 
he just he's got no place for me whatsoever in in the in you know in in the lineup. Particularly, you know, we've had criticism, and, and it's probably a perfect chance to bring in a question about. Well, it was one of the questions about the amount of times that we've set up at home, and we haven't, you know, we haven't. Ancelotti hasn't set up the. I'll team just read. I'll enough. just read through a few because there's a lot that are quite similar. So we got one off Richie through the website. He said, "So flat, no tempo, no pace, no agency. Yeah. Starting games like a, like it's behind like it's a behind closed doors pre-season friendly. To be honest, for a while now, I've been looking forward to the season ending. Um, another yeah, yeah. one was seeing it for months now. The manager simply doesn't know how to set up a winning team that plays on the front foot. Some of the home performances this season are up there with the worst I've, I've seen in recent years. Yeah, well, let's stop with that one then because I was saying before about the the, the, the lineup, and I wouldn't have changed the lineup. I thought that was a fair enough lineup. We just haven't got the quality. And going back to Gomez, he's in the team in order to to, to create, isn't he? He's not, he's not a defensive player. No. He's in the team in order, to, but he's just too too passive, too I'd, slow. I'd push back on that. Um, he, well, yeah, he sort of he sort of contradicts himself with it anyway. He says. Um, obviously he's done it in the past meaning Ancelotti and has masterminded some great results this season but for months when the onus has been on this Everton team to get a grip of games they simply haven't which sort of coincides with you it's saying about the players it's the quality of players that's what it yeah. is that, but that, is that, it though uh, yeah. what you're saying is basically Ancelotti's maximised the potential of the squad but I think Gomez is a better player than he's producing I think he's got the ability to find passes no uh, mate I'm, I'm sorry we, we, well, he showed it early days no he? no well what he showed what he showed early early days is that yeah he, he's got ability but he's been here for two and a half years now Phil and he's produced I think five or six he's under three different managers yeah you can't mm. say he was good for the first six months so that 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 means he's going to do it. It's the same at Barcelona. But you're him. talking about when you're talking about uh, like the manager and, and what his job is, it's to maximise the potential of all the players. Of the, the players who, who've yeah. got the ability to be consistent. Yeah, yeah. Oh, consistency is not the same thing as like, you know, just having a class game as a Did one-off. I understand that. But, you know, I, I, I don't think he's getting the best out of all the players. You said before, like against the Villa game, we're just not good enough. You are good enough to be Villa. You are. We, so you we, can't we really use that enough. as an excuse. We were not good enough, and and I think I think what the frustrating thing is that, and the listeners made the comments himself there, is that he, you know he has masterminded some some good performance. They haven't all been, you know, like Arsenal where it was just like we hardly got a kick of the ball and, and we and we nicked something. You know, the three three draw at Man United, for example, we were terrible in the first half. What's happened at half time was it was was obviously the manager getting into the players. They come out and scored two goals. We played on the front foot. It was an entertaining game. It was a three-all. You know, there've been there've been five or six performances this year, particularly, and it has been away from home. There's no doubt about that. And and you know, the the manager will be more aware of that than anything else. But for me, I think when you're playing away from home, you're literally conscious of your managers, particularly in stronger teams. You're conscious of your manager's instructions because you're thinking. We need to, you know, we're the team here who has to wait for our opportunity and we need to follow these instructions to, to get a successful result. I think the players think that they're, they're better than they are. I think they come into their own games thinking, looking around at each other, thinking, yeah, we're good enough here. We just need to wait for our chance to, to score and we will. It's on you and the, the onus is on you as as the, the home team, but it's on the players to go out there and, and he's, he's, I think... It ends, particularly in the first half, it ends when the players walk past the line. The manager can't... You can have managers that are vocal on the line, no cloppers and stuff like that, but they can't do anything no, really, can they? No. It's up to the players to go and, you know, and, you know... Yeah, but they can set the tone whether it's going to be a counter-attack and a low block, a high so block. There's no there's no way for me, and, and you, you look at the first couple of minutes of every home game, and, and there, there's been a couple of exceptions where we've just been grim from minute zero right the way through to 90, but we set out in the first... 
couple of minutes of that game to play on the front foot. I was saying to Pricey before, Awobi gets the ball in great position inside right. I think he whacks it over or something like that or, or gets a shot blocked. Then they get a goal kick. They hit it forwards. They get hold of the ball. And then that was it then. We, we, we didn't go and win the ball back. We didn't go and hunt them in packs. We, I, I don't know. I mean, mm. it just for me... One. And we, we did that. We did, as I said before, Awobi got on the ball quite often in the first half, especially. Yeah. And he was in some good positions, but, yeah. but the quality's not there mm. from him. The quality yeah. isn't there from him. Yeah, we have got players who who are good enough, but we've also got those two or three that Dragging are just weak back. links. Mm. And you're only as good as those players yeah. eventually. Yeah. And when you're saying how, how far has he got us, he's got us within Champions League place with six games to go, seven games to go. That He has maximised the players in order to get yeah. us into this position. And now what we're finding is we're falling short. Whether that's mentality of some players, quality of some players, we're falling short because that's how we, we've hit where we're go- how good we are. Yeah. And now he needs another transfer window, bring in two more or whatever many more of his own players again and push on again for next season. That's my view anyway. Well, on, on the players, we've touched on the players we don't think are good enough. I mean, Gomez is in there. Um, I mean, Sigurdsson, for me, and I, I think for you, I don't want to go too far on Sigurdsson because it's 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 something we seem to cover every week. So there's someone else we want to kind of cover. Um Sigurdsson for me, it, it was a it was a performance where I think I don't think he was by any means the worst player in the pitch. He wasn't what we needed as a player in, in terms of what he produced, but I don't think it was it was the worst performance by any means um from him. I think he was a player who struggled to get in the game. I think he was a, he was told to play in between the lines and that's what he did. He stayed high up the pitch, didn't he? He wasn't dropping deep, which was something that he'd done a lot of the time in previous years, but he was conscious of the fact that I think Hammers isn't isn't on the pitch. We need someone to play a little bit more in between the lines. No one found him. There was a couple of moments in the first half where he got in the box. There was just a couple of shots blocked. There was a moment in the second half where it was dreadful from him. I think he picks the ball up on the edge of the area. I think he miscues yeah, his shot. It was yeah, it was yeah. poor, but I mean that happens. Yeah, that that can happen. One player I do, and I'm not I'm not being flippant here and going past him because I think listeners know that I've been probably more defensive of, of Sigurdsson than anyone. I don't think he played well the other night, but I don't think he was by far the worst. And there's someone who off air we, we, we touched on, and I think he deserves a bit more attention, and that's Richarlison. Yeah. Um, very poor the other night. And, and a player who, you know, we talk about, you know, Phil was saying before, players who, who have got the quality and uh, are not producing it well, you know, enough, on enough on enough occasions. Richarlison's one of them. I mean, he's, He's credited, I guess, with the goal last week at Arsenal because he's gone and beat his man on, on the inside right and he's put a ball into an area, but it's effectively a, a mistake from the keeper, isn't it? Yeah, I think he's 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 I think he's getting away with it from from a lot of fans because of what he's done previous seasons. He's sort of got money in the bank, so they're letting him off for a bit. Don't think he, if he if he has the same season as he did his last uh, same season next season as he did this season, that I can see people turning on him because he's he's getting away with it for me. Week after week, he's he's been a bit of a letdown. He had he had a good Good few games and um, he was playing up front, playing up front on his own. When well, it's that purple patch. Is. It's that purple yeah. patch that's kind of got him. But got he scored. Him a bit I mean, credit, look, he scored it? six and, and and three assists in the league. Yeah, in the league this season. That's not. That's nowhere near good no. enough. And the amount of times it breaks down with him. I mean, Villa's an example. There, there was loads of times when he his shots were just straight at the keeper, or it was just breaking down, or he'd make the wrong pass and. He got some good service from the fullbacks, him, you know, because he, he plays in that kind of inside, whether it's inside right or inside left. He drifts into them areas, doesn't yeah. he, in between the winger and the forwards, and he wants the ball there where he can turn and go at players. Dean and Colwyn giving the ball in them areas countless times the other, the other night, and the fact that 
no chances were produced as a result of it tells you that he's not been good enough there in you know in terms of creating or or, or you know having it I don't think he has a shot on on target. I remember him having one shot. It went straight at the keeper, but it was just a weak shot. But but yeah, I, what what what? He's the, he's the one player. Where if if Hammers is out, you know you know on Sigurdsson to to possibly create something. But as you say, he's the one player who's getting the ball a lot, and he, he's it, it's it's up to him. He's got to produce something because that's what he's in the team for. He's not a, a number nine centre forward like Calvalu and got the, getting on the end of stuff. He's the one who needs the ball at his feet to take people on and, and, and create brings other people into the well, game. We were asked the question the other week, weren't we? You know, who, who would you, I don't know if you were asked the question or we, we asked ourselves it. Who would you get rid of if we had to? And it was kind of, you know, pushed the backs against the wall. You'd have to get rid of Calvert-Lewin or Richarlison. We both said Calvert-Lewin because Richarlison's got more facets to his yeah. game. But he's certainly not making the, or getting the most out of those, you know, the, those aspects of his play, is he? No, no, no. I say them numbers that I've just, I've just said are, they're just not good enough for for a, for a forward. Or well, let's well, let's compare that with with eight goals and nine assists from Sigurdsson, who gets absolutely yeah. terrorised. But I know I know there's a few set pieces in there. But you're not saying Richarlison wants to be on some of them set pieces as well. But he's not good enough. No, exactly. Yeah. But um, yeah, and, and even if it is set pieces, if if, if Sigurdsson can produce, that's one of that that's part of the reason to have him in the yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. If someone's exactly. good at set pieces, then you know they're mm. in the team partly because of that, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but I I, I think it was worth noting because you know I, I think. This podcast, as much as any Everton podcast, probably haven't give Richarlison enough enough criticism for, for the fact that them home games. If you talk about that criticism that's coming from one of the one of the fans there, which is fair, I don't disagree with them that the home performances have been poor. You want your players like Richarlison to be. They're the ones in the home games mm. that you need to turn up. Yeah. He's done it in some away games. I think. I think. I think the vast majority of our away wins, he will have played a part, some part in in, in that victory, but he hasn't played enough of a part in the, in the home performances. Oh. Reminds me of listening to like Roy Keane talk about Pogba, because you know all the talents in the world and all that. But Keane just says he hasn't produced it when United have needed him to, and, and that's the end of it. You're not a world, you're not like in that echelon of world class yeah. players unless you're producing it, and no. you can't look at anyone else but yourself. That's what he says about Pogba, and it sort of reminds me of this. No, you're right. You know that's similar, that's yeah. a really good example. I don't, yeah. I don't like his attitude on the pitch either. He's doing mm. yeah, then he's just sulking and, and, and moody. And that's why know. he hasn't got long to be at this level before the fans turn yeah. on because he hasn't got that like ability, has he? Yeah, I think if the fans would would have been in this in the stadium this season, he's got some. Yeah, he would have got some stick definitely. Well, you talk about that that attitude from the players at home and, and that kind of body language. That's 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 exactly what you're talking about, yeah. isn't it? The kind of slumping yeah. shoulders and, and not just. Not just puffing your chest out and, and getting in faces. I mean, he worked like you said. You said off here. He, he works hard and everything, and, and therefore he maybe gets a little bit more grace. Yeah. For, for that reason, but look, we, we'll 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 go past that. I think um, there was a there was a question about um, Calvert Lewin. Yeah, I was just obviously go. there's been a lot of rumours in in the press. Yeah, this and that with you saying who would you get rid of between the two of them? It, it brings us into that really. Um, it was from Craig through the website. He said. Just want to hear your thoughts on the possible transfer of Calvert-Lewin to Man United on next week's show. Four goals in his last 18 games speaks volumes. In a part of the season we've needed and still mat- and still need match winners to finish in reward in a rewarding position. If if the quote of 80 million is true, I'd be extremely tempted to sell and bring back Keane. Okay, well, well, before me and Pricey come in, it'd be fair to give Millsy's take on this, and and you know me and Pricey are aware of that Millsy is with the listener. Millsy would take 80 million for for, for Calvert-Lewin. Um, He's gave a few reasons. Basically, he thinks that we could use that 80 million to get a better striker or to upgrade him. Um, 
Price, I'll let you come in first because I know you've got a, a few things and, and I'm, I'm of a similar opinion to you. Yeah, well, <clears throat> my view on it is that he scored he scored 20 goals this season. Uh, so why why would you sell him? I, I don't I don't understand why you'd sell him. I, uh, can we get a better striker? Yeah. Can we bring in some competition? Yeah, definitely. That's always the, 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 the bar to no. be set in it. Is he yeah. going to get your twenty goals? But is he? But can we add? Can we add to Calvert Lewin? We don't need. We don't need necessarily need the money in order to bring someone in. We can bring someone in and keep Lewin. I just don't get. I don't get the argument of sell him. I don't. I don't understand that you, argument. What, what does better what, than Lewin look like? What we've learned. Well, well, what, what, well, what we've learned. What we've learned, and and I think what every club learns is that eventually to be consistent to stay up there and to start competing for European positions and then to play in Europe you need a squad we, we, we miss Cal- we miss Calvert-Lewin massively when he when he hasn't played this season for like spells of games don't get me wrong I'm, I'm, I'm critical of Calvert-Lewin because I, I think at times we need a bit more from a striker but I can't be critical of his goal return and I, and I certainly wouldn't be an advocate of selling him you look at the, the progress he's made in the last two seasons there's not many players in the Premier League who've made the progress he's made and have improved to the extent he has. I mean, he's, he's pretty much number two to Harry Kane. I was going to say, is there a player like at the level between Harry Kane and Calvert-Lewin that the listener might be talking about? Or does he just mean we need to go and sign Probably Harry Kane? Not which right. what club doesn't? That, that's it. But the fact that Man United are getting, are getting linked to Calvert-Lewin shows that there's no one else out there, doesn't it? Yeah. Shows that there's no, one, there's no one to bring in. 80 million is not a lot of money. We'd all over Haaland. Like. If, if you think you're getting a 20 goal a season striker for 80 million, there's no chance you're not. They, they, think, they think United's mentality yeah, is the only player we can think of replacing Cavani is Calvert Lewin, mm. and if like Gary, you know Gary agrees with it before. If you're if you if you put that into context as a club and as a management team, you go hold on. Man United, one of the biggest clubs in the world, have got the world as their oyster, and they've mm. chose Calvert Lewin to go out and and throw eighty million on the table. Why would we sell him? Like you say, we don't need the money. If there was a case of a financial fair play thing where we you know we're 30, 40 million behind, but because of COVID we're not, then you go all right. Well, we need to kind of play this carefully but we don't need to sell him and, and like you say to give to gift him to a, to a rival that potentially puts them on the next level again it just it's doesn't it's like when you sense. sold Lukaku you took years to recover like yeah. we, could, we could not replace them goals you no. couldn't replace them goals for years could you and you'd be putting yourself in the same boat the yeah. argument is saying let's take the 80 million and then let's go and try and find someone I'd be interested just, to know Craig, Craig put the message in on the, on the uh, website I'd be interested to know who he's wanting to replace him with because well, he said if he's, Keane, that's he said what I mean if he's, ju- if he's just thinking keen that's what's, a what's the massive argument with risk. Keane? So you're going to get rid of a player who scored 20 goals in a season to bring in someone who hasn't? Who's, who's going to take a not, gamble? Not on just that. Who struggled when he was at his? Yeah. Mm. Well, why is he suddenly going to come in and be the be the answer? Okay, bring Keane in and keep Calvert Lewin and see how Keane gets on. But to replace him, with yeah, him, I, just, I, I don't get that. Yeah, I, I would certainly. Don't get me wrong. I don't mean to like be overly critical of the question. It's a very relevant question because. You know, the, the, there's a strong rumour that that offer's on the table. And well, I'm one, sure one, it'll be considered. One of our panellists, Millsy, will agree oh, yeah, with yeah, him and sell him. So and it's, there's it's a lot of Evertonians who, who do agree with yeah. that, by the way. He's, well, not, he's not on his own. You'd all sell him for a Haaland or a Kane, wouldn't you? Yeah. Which uh, I think is maybe what he means. He must mean, like, well, we need a world-class striker. But, like, we, who doesn't? Well, you know what? I'll tell you what. And, and the age is a factor here. But if there was some kind of scenario where they said, you can have Cavani and we'll give you 70 million or 60 million, then I'd be like, hmm. If Cavani stays fit and we get a year out of him at least, and we've got a year to maybe, I don't know, I'd be half considering that. But like you say, you'd need to have a guaranteed cast iron 
replacement who is going to be as good as, if not better. And there's no guarantees out there, is there? No. You know, there's, there's very few players. Rumoured you're in for Aguero. <laughs> Sensible. <laughs> Sensible, huh? It, it, it is, but but then, it sounds, sounds mad this, I still wouldn't swap him man for man for, for Calvin yeah, because Yeah, age and then like... Fitness. He, you wouldn't be yeah, the same age. Fi- yeah, but fitness, but then like, yeah, is he going to is yeah. he gonna be able to score the goals that Calvert Lewin scored this year for it? Probably not the type of goals. He no. wouldn't he wouldn't have scored that goal against Villa the other night. No. Calvert Lewin's peeled to the back post, got above two six foot four defenders and, and, and scored. Like, we're going to miss them goals. Mm. So we'd need someone of that physical presence to replace him and a goal scorer. So, uh, and with Pricey, I think I think we could get a Aguero, even if it was for a year, he would bring so much to our squad. And I, in some games, he, he would obviously be a shoe-in to replace Calvert-Lewin. In some games, he'd play alongside him. But someone like him would, would be amazing. I've got a bit of, bit of getting a bit excited thinking about <laughs> it. But I, I'm not, a, I'm not of... I'm not of the mindset of, of getting rid of, of Calvert-Lewin. No, and as I say, it's not because he's the, he's the complete... For me, my, my opinion is not because he's the complete answer. It's just because what, why why would you sell him? Why would you sell a 20 If he was, he wouldn't why? be there long. Yeah. Just to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. All right, well, look, listen, we'll move on. Um, there's a lot we haven't covered about the game. You can't cover everything, obviously. And, and to draw a line under it, it, again, like I said at the start, it's a bitterly disappointing defeat. You know, with there's players maybe we listeners might think we've let off the hook here or whatever, but I just think that there's definitely a degree of a uh, context here where I think we we've criticised a lot of players heavily consistently now. Uh, I think there's some players we felt didn't really get haven't haven't had enough flack. But let us let us you know give us your opinions um, online. We, we we'll obviously like we have before. We we'll try and mention everyone who sends messages in. Um, we're going to move briefly onto your postpone game and uh, just for the reason that we've had a message well one we've had a message from a couple of listeners that I suggest they're blues from the from, mm-hmm. from the uh, the tone of the messages but basically on the lines of um you know that that protest that happened yesterday it's obviously resulted in your game being postponed um we, we've got to tread carefully yeah but at the same time you know we, we we've got to we've got to discuss it where do you sit on on that particular post protest? Do you support it? And and as a fan group, do you feel a little bit not envious, but do you feel as though you've kind of let your owners off the hook in the same way? Well, first of all, I want to say I absolutely commend the Man United supporters, <clears throat> um, and it's it's about um, oh you know supporter power uh, for all of us for all the clubs um, in the country. I'm not just talking about the ESL. For me, the protest wasn't about the ESL. They want the Glazers out. The Glazers out, and. Um, you know, the Liverpool supporters don't necessarily want FSG out. I'll come back to that in a minute. Um, it's weird. Look, different media outlets are showing a different narrative. I think Sky Sports are, are trying to say, you know, it was a peaceful protest, which largely it was. Uh, the wider media, I think, are trying... And, you know, Sky Sports are vested, really, because that protest was a pro-Sky Sports um, protest in some ways because it's supportive of the Premier League, isn't it? And, and not the breakaway. Um, the wider media, I think, is creating a narrative where they're sort of, as the news does, because it makes stories, they're trying to say, oh, look, there was, like, vandalism and, and all that. But I hate, I hate when that happens because, you know, you always, that, that's not the, the context of the story. It was a successful protest, which is not easy. We tried to do we tried to do the walkout with the, for the Hicks and Gillette stuff. It wasn't easy to organise. Fans were divided. The spirits of Shankly took hard of slack and, and all that for that. Um so, you know, it was a successful protest. They're few and far between, and I can I commend them highly. 
but I'm not I'm not jealous. I don't want to go to pool sports just to go about and do the same thing necessarily. I think there's different things. Do you want to mention the listeners or so at least we've given? Yeah, it was just it was definitely an Evertonian who wrote it in. <laughs> <laughs> he said uh, it was Billy through the website. He just said. Now that's what you call caring about your club. Liverpool fans still be playing Henry's apology with a tear in their eye. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a point though, hasn't he? Uh, I think he's got a point in that you haven't heard much from Liverpool fans since the apology. I think, you know, there was a lot of social media. Um, you know, we, we showed our, our disdain on social media, didn't we? Um, but you're saying you, the, you the, showed your disdain on social media. And, but the, the way the way a fan a fans protest is... Is by not turning up to the match, which obviously they can't do because of COVID. By yeah. walking out of a match that they're in, like you mm-hmm. done the season ticket, which was effective. Yeah. And if you can get a game postponed, what bigger messages than that? Yeah, great. So, okay, you might have had a little moan on t- social media, but that's yeah, not going to have the effect it has. Yeah, it hasn't got the media coverage that this has. Hasn't got the me- isn't We've sending pulled out the, out the ESL. They want rid of the Glazers. Yeah, but this isn't about owners, right. and I think I think it to hide behind the fact. No, I think yeah, but I think the fact that you're hiding behind the fact that we don't want our owners out. This is a football thing. This is bigger than just Liverpool. Mm-hmm. This is a football thing, and fans should be united and, and be protesting against their club for the wider football community, and not just against their own owners. And that's that's my view on it. We've to be fair though, we we don't know what if if anything will happen. You know, we we haven't had a home a home league game since. You have? Yeah, you have. Who? Straight away. Yeah, but the, there was a there was a protest when the when the bus was coming in, and then it, when the bus actually got there, they changed the support on the team. It was miles, mate. Miles. I'm not saying I'm not saying it was the same on the same level as the United. Uh, oh, not just United, Arsenal, Chelsea. Th- yeah. Their protests were, you know, th- they were getting the attention of not only their own owners and the, their own officials, but the national media by the numbers that they turned up in and the United front they took. Just just to say, like you're not treating us as fans the way that you have, and and the Chelsea fans. Have never been critical of Abramovich. The opposite, they, they love him, they worship him for everything he's done, and, and rightly, they rightly still so. Do, though they still don't want him out. Well, no, no, but, yeah. but, they, but, they, but he, yeah. he knows yeah. now. He, he knows by no in no certain terms he can't pull anything like that again. You know whether it was his decision it's or whether it's somewhere like if we done it now, it's a bit late. Yeah, well, it is now, yeah. Because you should have done it, shouldn't you? It is. I'd have been supportive of a heavier protest. Cop. You know, cop wanted us to get behind I, the yeah, team. Yeah, I think I think the whole thing with it, like you're saying, it was it was mild for us. It was it was, and, and it does, there's no doubt because the, there was nowhere near, as you're saying, what the rest are doing. But we're we're in a bit of a situation where we've been stung before by owners in terms of Hicks and Gillette, and you in that at that point, and I know the, the likelihood of Liverpool ever going bust is very slim because it's such a big brand and it it's such a big club. Them. No, but yeah. it was. It was some somebody was always going to come in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Someone's yeah, going to come in and buy the club. But at that point, when we seen it under Hicks and Gillette, it was like this, this, it's actually a possibility at this time. But even though on, on the under on the side that you probably wouldn't go bust because we've seen that side of it and under them them type of owners, FSG strictly speaking haven't been that bad as owners. Type thing, do you know what I mean? They've they've, run they've the stable, well. yeah. They've yeah. stabilised the club. They've they've we've won a Premier League, which we haven't done for thirty years. They've won the Champions League, which obviously they're trying to play on, which you know trying to make this breakaway league, which nobody does does support whatsoever. But it's a bit like I feel like I'm not talking for every fan, obviously, but I feel like it's a bit like the better the devil you know than what you could put because we've already seen. Yeah, what what ways before them? We don't mm. want FSG out, but that we've said I, I, that. Well, you're, you're saying you don't want FSG out. There's a hell there's of a lot, lot of fans yeah, who do want FSG out. out. But I'm going back to the point that it's not about it's FSG. Not about that, it's yeah. about it's a bigger thing. This isn't about Liverpool. This is about the the breakaway league that Liverpool were going to be part of, and it's about demonstrating for fans on behalf of other fans who 
who haven't got the same voice and, and, and to, to show that fans of United just can't just can't take fans on. You just aren't gonna win and that's what United done for me yesterday. Yeah. Yet it is, yeah, and that's why that's why I thank them on behalf of not just Liverpool but all all football supporters. We we need more f- supporter power in the game. Um and I think this has been a great thing. It might turn out that this whole breakaway has been a great thing for football because, you know, owners now of all clubs know that like no they can't. Well, I was, ju- I was just going to say, and it, it, I'll be honest, I'm not going to claim this point as my own, but because I heard it on a on a radio show earlier today. But why do the United fans hate the Glazers? Well, they run their club with like they've leveraged it, haven't they? So they're in tremendous debt. I don't think they've put like a penny in of their own money. So <laughs> tremendous debt. So it's so it's about money. <laughs> I think it's about money. Yeah, I think it's about uh, it's an unsustainable business. So why were the United fans not happy about United entering this DSL? Hopefully they got well exactly yeah but the but that that's about money isn't it it's about money, money yeah. is a decision potentially by the Glazers and this is not a this is not me advocating it by the way but it's just a an interesting degree of hypocrisy of course, here where yeah. United fans are not happy with the death that's associated with their club which just doesn't affect them as fans but it's not like if United went let's be honest if United if Everton went bust tomorrow none of us around this table families are going to be affected or their actual livelihood but United fans are obviously taking it personally. That the Glazers have, you know, indebted United. Mm. DSL was an attempt by them to reduce this debt or to get rid of yeah. it, which they're not happy about. I said it on last week's podcast. We all want a billionaire owner. Yeah, we yeah. all want to sign Mbappe. So we all want the money. Every one of us wants the money. But so you've you, you've got to be careful. But what's to say that they would have paid off the debt with the money though? Because as far as I understand it, they're taking dividends out, aren't they? Mm-hmm. So they would have just took more dividends out, wouldn't they? No, but again, it, it's just it, it's money again, though, isn't it? It's a, it's a well, money-driven... It's what I've just said. We all want the money. Yeah. We all want yeah. the billionaire owner, and that's what comes along with it. But but the thing is, though, nobody wants that more than the you know the value of sport, competition, fair play. You know, there would be no football if that was went through. But, but would you not agree that the reason United fans have hated the Glazers for the last... 15 years before this year is that they don't feel as though they've put enough money into the club to to to, to allow them to to continue the success I'm not they sure it's that I'm not sure it's that because they have spent a lot of money on players and all that I think it's just the way they do it puts their club in danger it's it's, it's an unsustainable business model I think I don't understand it I greatly understand but, I think but why is the SL thing push them over the edge then just because it, it's a lack of just another thing communication or, or yeah, there's, the glazers, under, under, don't yeah, there's an underlying hate isn't there and mm. this has just bubbled it up to the surface but I think the Glazers it all comes from when he first took over I think doesn't it yeah. and how that came about and I mean I, I don't know the ins and outs of it but I just know they took advantage of the situation yeah yeah Alright, but look, we'll move on. It's not it's not a Man United podcast, it but it is a football podcast, so we obviously wanted to morally cover it and, and thanks for the Evertonian for staring Just, just it. before you do move on, I am worried. I don't know what you think, Gary, but co- to this point, Cop can't say the wrong thing. Everything he says is the right thing. I'm a bit worried that he might get caught between protecting his team so much, protecting them players and and, and the relationship between the team, not the not the club, the team and the supporters. That's so precious to cop that he might get it sort of confused and say, I don't want to see the Liverpool fans do the same thing and sort of condemn it a little bit and tell us not to do it. And that'll get come across like he's backing the owners. I think he's in danger of maybe saying something like that, Cop. I hope even if you I say no know, comments, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's I don't know. He always, he, he does, all, he always mentions the team whenever he says anything like that. He, he always he always references it back to, this isn't our decision, this isn't the team's, it's not the player's decision, it's not my decision. He always says that. So I don't know whether he'd 
he, he'd get in that position where he's, he sounds like he's back on the owners because he always makes a point of saying, it's not the players, it's not me. I want you to support the players, support that type of thing. So, I don't know. Even uh, if he says, don't do it, though, for this reason... As soon as you say don't do it, it's a bit like is he on the on the is he like treading out a sort of like being cynical, being cynical. Then you could also say you could be a PR for the for the owners by saying stuff like that, couldn't you? That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. That's cynical, that's cynical yeah. people yeah. could, yeah. yeah. But it's, it's, but the managers in them positions, or not just Klopp, obviously the Solskjaer and, and the rest of them, they're yeah. all in in that that very fine line position, aren't they? Yeah. So it's everything they say now, especially at this point, is going to come under scrutiny, and and somebody's always going to find something well, the, wrong with well, it. The so argument is. Daniel Levy didn't even want to give Mourinho the chance to, to do that because he, he knew explicitly where Mourinho sat <laughs> on that. And yeah. he went, let's get him out the door before he even opens his mouth. Because yeah. when Mourinho opens his mouth, everyone listens, you know, regardless mm. of how you know, indifference his, his form as a manager has been recently. He's yeah. respected in the game and, and, and he, he'll know the way to articulate yeah. that argument to the best. Just thought it was it was like bringing up. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, just on it as well, when are we going to get to play the game? <laughs> because anyway. United play every weekend and midweek and from now until the end of the season. So what round is it in the UEFA? Like let's let's be honest. Semis, they're they're basically in the final. Yeah, they, they, just, they, they just beat Roma six, six, six leg. I mean, the argument is, I say the argument, it's, 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 it's a virtually a, a gimme for you now because by the time you play them, the likelihood is they already have second or at least they're boxed off because they're already 12 points clear of the... And they'll have a League final. It's, it's advantage to us, but there's no gimmies at all traffic. No, for no us. there's no <laughs> gimmies, but it, it's it you know it's certainly advantageous yeah. to use rather than them. Is there like and I'm only playing devil's advocate for conversation for the podcast, but would you be happy, Gary, as a Liverpool fan, if they went that game got postponed? There's no room in the calendar. It was United supporters' fault. Liverpool after three points, or would that be terrible PR for our club? Because like the ESL, we weren't bothered of even taking points off the back of it because they protested and we never. And that is it <laughs> terrible PR or would you go? Not asked. Champions League qualification. I'll take it. <laughs> if we got top four for it, I'd take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that 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 would really yeah. test your football supporters' it was, like, it? values. Um, Do you think that could happen? No, no, no I, I don't think. I, no, I think that no. I, I don't think it's impossible. For, I mm-hmm. thought that they might have forfeited the points. I'll, I'll, gi- I'll give you Millsy's points. He'd say, no, that had never happened, but because it's Liverpool, it might. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if there's, there's going to be... Yeah. What is the three, four weeks left? It's not long left, four weeks, is it? No, there isn't. It? So it's, it's really tough. The only, to the only way they, they might do it is by rearranging ours and United's game so that it's a, a Friday, a Monday night a Wednesday, a Saturday, a Tuesday, don't like that as opposed but you know, to... Do, do you know a reason why a lot of this guessing is going on now? And it's a good, good opportunity to, to credit the social media blackout this weekend to support, obviously, abuse online for, mm. for players and, and you know people involved in the game. It's left a lot of people in the dark with like what's actually going on because yeah. obviously no players are, sp- are saying it online, no, no managers, the clubs aren't saying it. And so it's like everyone is fishing a little yeah. bit and, and it, it, it it's been more effective because of that. There's yeah. obviously a high-profile event that happened yesterday. It's a shame that that's dwarfed that a little bit for me. It's overtaken it. But no, it? I don't think it has. I think the mainstream media and certainly the, the social media platforms would have been desperate for that interaction mm-hmm. around the players, the yeah, clubs, true. and they haven't had it because of it. So it's probably given them a, a better, you know, more yeah. more power on that side. Is it coming back to money again though? Because like, why isn't it tonight? Is that because Sky's showing another game already? Yeah, probably. So it's two games. Well, <laughs> it does that, but there's also the the promise from the Premier League that they're going to play every game. And I have like one at a time type thing, so every game's going to be televised. So there's already two games, I think there's two games tonight, isn't it? Six there? and eight, yeah. But is that a yeah. money thing? Been, 
Could have been three. I suppose they could, yeah, I suppose it could with it being bank holiday, especially. It's not, like, it's not like it's a team from London, a team from. It's half twelve today, couldn't yeah. it? It's not like fans have to come from a different place. Oh, yeah. Yeah, half twelve today. Like there's probably a security issue there, isn't there? I think they need, there needs to be an investigation. Yeah, the police. Also, need to if be. there's any role closures and things like that, that that's got to be in in that by a certain date before it. And all this is one like thing that. I will say that we didn't touch on. That that sort of what the fans did, that was obvious. It was going to happen, and they didn't have nothing in place. Did the United as a club? I think they, they were just like the stewards and fair play to the stewards. They're on the, they are supporters. Except themselves. the stewards, you left them in the ground. They just <laughs> let them, you know. They were just going, go ahead, go in, and that's fine. You know, I don't blame the stewards for that, but the club should have had something. Yeah, you and can't. The police, you can't, it was no, obvious no, it was going to happen. Not but, being disrespectful to the stewards, but. They're the, they're the pawns in the security game, aren't they? They're just yeah. there to play a small role. The, yeah. the heads of security and the, the police and all that are the ones who need to make sure the very foundations are in place. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They can't have that level of responsibility. No, you get paid 20 quid, allow... so you're not yeah. grappling with people. Exactly. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, no. Stupid, just crowd control, aren't they? They're not exactly. there to, to fight or to... But they're probably supporters themselves. They're yeah, probably, probably pro-protest, you know. That's so. it. Uh, so whether Suck someone's the jackets off and got involved. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, we'll move on. Um, I don't know if we want to cover... I'll just do the... There was one social media question that'll sort of get us all talking. Um, it was for both sides. 2021 season so far, who has exceeded expectations and who has underperformed the most? Do you want to start with? Start, yeah. with, we'll start, start with the Reds because we, we haven't okay, really covered I'll, any I'll, football yet. On I'll go myself. I had a couple who had probably exceeded expectation. Um, I'll stick on one. I'll go probably Phillips at the back. Um he, he came in for one game was it last season against Everton got brought mm. back for that that derby game played well you know but then got yeah. sent back again and we thought that'll be his one game for Liverpool he's he's come played as a storman and got the got the result little did we know he's gonna have to come and play a lot of the like a, a vast majority of this season and to be fair to him he's not done much wrong yeah. you know it's been he's more been it's been more the the, the Kabaks or the, the Reese Williams who you've been when, when we have made mistakes and, and looked vulnerable it's been them who've, who've, who've looked like that so for me it look, I can't really look much further than Phillips who've exceeded yeah. expectations I, I, as I said Phillips myself I think another person might be Jota they were my two in. I said before we started but what I would say versus expectation I wouldn't say Jota more so than I'd say Curtis Jones just because the lads come in and plays 30 games, which he was never supposed to have done. Um, and the biggest thing I can say for him is he was just one of the... He wasn't like he wasn't being viewed as like a young lad. We weren't even judging him. I know you weren't judging him as a, a young lad in the team. You were judging him as one of the lads, one of the players. Well, he started being like... You'd look at Curtis Jones before you'd look at Keita, Oxlade-Chamberlain, yeah. Shaqiri sometimes yeah. and... You know, it, it, that's that's yeah. only to, to show how good he's been. And I'm not saying he's at the level to take Liverpool forward if he plays every right game. Now. Right now. I, I certainly think he can be. Um, but just versus expectation, he was supposed to play five Premier League games off the bench this season. So, uh, you know, I want, I want to credit Curtis Jones. Um, but I really would have said Phillips. The other side, the other of, the side of the coin. Yeah, just put my hands <laughs> in his book and pick a name out. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. Let's try and stick to one each then. Okay, you can well, mention maybe others. I'll, I'll, I know which one I'm because Phil won't pick him. Uh, Go on. Sadio Mane. I think he's been awful. He's, he's getting away, similarly to what you were saying about Richardson before, he's getting away with murder because of what we know he, he can do and what we know he's about. I think since, especially since most most teams now play against Liverpool, sit with two, two flat lines of five and four or four and four, and since that's happened, he's been useless. I, I agree that's um, versus expectation he has. There's been worse players for me, knows being one. Um, 
you know, I think Trent would have been in the bucket if he if he hadn't have he's improved of late, so I think he he's pulled himself out of being in there. So, you know, versus expectation, I think I'm gonna say Marnie. I, I what a, You are saying Marnie. Uh, yeah, wow. versus expectation. But I I don't you know, when you say someone's being terrible, what does that look like to you? Because to me that looks like can't control the ball, giving it away and all that. Yeah. There's times when I've looked at Marnie and thought He's all on. those things no loads of times I've seen Manny thought he's on it here he's, he's terrorised you know he's getting running at them taking players on he looks strong he's when? working hard loads of times I, I know I've sent texts 20 minutes into games loads of times saying Manny looks on it and then I, when I was saying that to you like a few weeks ago we were discussing it when we were watching a match together you were like yeah but he's there to produce Phil and he's not producing and I accepted that but for me that that's a different thing from just like looking terrible every time you play I don't think he's been at that level but this is what I expect from Manny yeah fell below expectations is yeah. you'd want him to score wouldn't you and you'd yeah. want him to create more and what he's doing I think yeah I think, and, and like I said at the start, put your name into a book and pick yeah. a name out. There has, there has been that, yeah. yeah. Other, other than Salah, really, you, you can't look much further than Fabinho's played well as well this Could season. Say, go with, well, he's picked it up again. He's another one. He's done like Trent. I think he's improved. But this is what we wanted from him, the first yeah. 10, 15, 20 games you were thinking. I, I thought you were going to say him, to be honest. But anyway. Yeah. Pricey? Who's exceeded expectations? Uh, I'd say Ben Godfrey for me. Um, only because I hadn't seen much of him when he played for Norwich um, and then he came into the team against Southampton away he played right back and, and he was poor I remember saying to yeah, him that yeah. he, he just doesn't look like he's got it um, but then since then he's just he's just gone from strength to strength and now he's he's one of the for me be one of the first names on the team sheet he's, he's reliable if, if he's defending one on one you're always expecting to, to, to get, get something the ball, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he's he's exceeded my expectations and 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 I'm saying basing that off off the first game I seen him when he first came in because I hadn't seen much of him at Norwich but I think he's been he's been he's been brilliant. What about you? Yeah, I'll I'll mention Millsy's first because he, he he did put it in. He, he said Jerry Mina and to be honest, I, I disagree with him. Um, before I, I thought of another player which you you brought up yourself. Um, Mina, I mean I'm I'm not going to try and sp- speak for Millsy, but I think it, the the point about Mina was that. I think most Everton fans a year or so thought he's got nothing to offer. He didn't look like he was up to the pace of the Premier League. He was constantly getting injuries all the time, which I suppose to a certain extent hasn't changed. But he, he, he must have played over 25 games this season and he certainly looked a lot more consistent than I ever thought he would be. Uh, mine, which which I'll be fair, you said off air, was is to Corey. You know, as soon as you mentioned him, I was like, how could I not put him in there? And there's expectation being that I, I always thought he was one of them players at Watford from the outside looking in that just turns up against the big sides but never really done anything in the other games but I can't think of a game he's played this season for us when he has played where he hasn't had an impact on the game what I mean by that he covers every blaze of grass like I, I always I always um, think of midfielders with the odd exception of being the players that make a difference in one of the boxes as in like defensively they're always putting tackles in and, and winning the ball back or on the attacking side, they're always getting in there. You know, you think of, you know, when we've had our better midfielders, uh, our better midfields in the last twenty years, the Carsleys defensively, the Kales attacking Fellaini's in both boxes because he, he reinvented yeah. himself, didn't he? And and for me, Decore has, has been a player that we haven't had for a long time. He, he just makes a difference all over the pitch. Think about Decore this season as well as we haven't been able to replace him when he's been out the That's team. It. It's been massive for us whenever he's we you know Alan's been missing and sort of Davis has filled in to a certain extent. But Decore, we just haven't been able to replace what he does on the pitch and it's 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 massive when he's not playing. I think that's what's killed us off the last few games as well. Yeah, I agree. Um the other side of the coin then? 
Um, against expectations, I'll go back to Richarlison for me um, because, as I say, six goals isn't, isn't a really good return in the league. Um, I just expect more from him, and especially, especially in those games like on Saturday when you want him to stand up and you want him to be the man and you want him to to sort of take the game and, and create and I just don't don't think he's done. I think he's he's getting away with it for me and. and and I think I said before, it goes back to the fact that he's had a good season last season, or you know, he's 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 got money in the bank. But if this would have been his first season, I don't think don't think too many people would have been happy with him as a signing. I just think he's 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 really underperformed this season. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I'm struggling with the expectation words because like a player who comes to mind for me in terms of form, but then his numbers would would probably um, would probably not suggest that. It's probably Luca Dean. You know, I think expectation. I mean, I seen something the other day where the Premier League or the leagues in Europe have voted him the best left back in the world at the moment because of what he produces, you know, in, in terms of assists. And but for me, because of that, because I think he is, I, I think he is up there with, you know, you know, you Robertsons and whatever as one of the one of the best left backs in the league. And there's not many many players we've got you could say put your neck on the line and go, he's the best left back in the league. I think in the last six months, I don't think he's done enough. Um, for that, you know, considering that tag and that he's that he's got alongside him, you know, he, he he's pretty much a regular in the, in the France team. I think he's he's more than capable, and he has, you know, he, he obviously created a goal on, on at the weekend from a corner. But I, I just think at times you want more from him. He, he he's afforded a lot of um, like margin in, in the way of his defending. Everyone knows he's not a great defender, and he's allowed to get away with that, and he's a, he gets a lot of coverage. From his, 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 you know, his teammates to allow him to go forwards. Even the midfielders at times having to cover in at left back, which which Alan had to do a few times at the weekend. I think for that level of protection he gets and support from us and, and from the media, I, I think he, I expect more from. Him. Yeah. Um, and I think it, it's a player who, if he doesn't produce next year, he, he, you know, I think the club would be tempted to cash in, thinking if we can get, if if he's regards as the best left back in the world. People are going to pay, you know, upwards of sixty million for for the for the you know the best left back in the world, and if that's the case, then uh, I think we could probably spend our money in, in better positions. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. I think I think he, he hasn't been as good as what you'd expect him to be this season, hundred percent. Okay, well, yeah, interesting one that. Obviously, let us know your opinions. I, I think the the team one may be a little bit controversial because we we you know we've just backed Sigurdsson based on his stats, but I, I think for me it does. I think you know the words expectations a big one. Yeah, there, it's because you know it? what he can do, and it's because yeah. I think that's what it is. It's because you know what he can do. Yeah, and Red, let us know what you think on the on the Marnie situation. Obviously, I'll be honest, I weren't expecting Phil to back you on that one because that, on the WhatsApp group yesterday, more, more so. on the WhatsApp group, Phil was like, "Nah, not for me, Marnie. Marnie's played well or whatever," and he's slept uh, on overnight. Just, yeah, no, it was against expectation. I've got high expectations on Marnie, so that's why yeah. I'm going with it, but. I just don't think he's as yeah, that's, bad. That's it, isn't it? There's worse players, yeah. but it's expectations. Yeah. 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 Okay, higher or lower, Phil? Higher or lower, is back. Um, so yeah, we're, we're obviously we'll get this. We'll do this. We'll do um, who am I, and then we'll we'll quickly review the uh, preview for the upcoming games. Okay, so it's it, I'm scraping the barrel for things to you know do higher or lower about. This one doesn't a lot really of pressure now, Phil. I know, the, yeah. Whenever it's missed out, the, <laughs> the listeners are yeah. All the door. Um, both, both teams have been crap so that's always you look forward to <laughs> yeah. um, this isn't really about your football knowledge I wouldn't expect anyone to know the answers it's more just going with your gut so it's a Liverpool one first so I'll start with uh, judging Pricey so Liverpool have played 5,790 competitive matches 
in their history. But how many goals, excluding <laughs> goal and goals, have they scored? So in that, in 5,790 games, I'm yeah. going to give you 9,200 goals. I was actually thinking 9,000, you know. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's obviously close to so that, isn't well, it? I go, I, go, I go lower than 9,200. Is that what we're doing, Army? Like, yeah. 9,200. <laughs> Lost what we were doing. Yeah. Yeah. 9,200 yeah. is what he's given us. 9,207, did you say? 200. Like 1.4 goals, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> 1.4 <laughs> goals. Yeah, goals a game. One being the 5,000. And if, oh no, it's fourth out 1.9 goals a game. 1.9 goals, yeah. sorry, 1.9. Because 4,000 being the 0.9 of, of five yeah. ish, 0.8. Yeah, 1. Like Carol Vorderman. 1.85, something like that. Um, you're working out like that. I just went. Eh, nearly, two games. <laughs> nearly two goals a game. I feel like it's higher. Um, I'll go with you. You know, you, you put nine thousand, and then we'll go a lower then. Only because that was what my gut said when he when he first said it. Yeah, we, Phil said gut. So yeah, let's go, go with, with gut this. Then. Is the whole all of them are gut, gut instinct ones? Lower. I'll go higher. It is higher. Liverpool scored an impressive nine thousand eight hundred and fifty-six goals. Right. Okay. Virtually two goals a game. Yeah, then, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Um, okay. Everton won. In the Premier League, no, Liverpool, oh, Liverpool won. What? No, that that was a Liverpool question. Oh, this sorry. is never. Oh. <laughs> um, Everton have played one thousand one hundred and eight pre- uh, matches in the Premier League so far. But how many clean sheets have they kept in those games? We'll start We've done with this, that. you know. We've done okay. this on another See episode. A memory test, then. So, in one thousand one hundred and eight matches, I'm going to give yeah. you two hundred and ninety-five clean sheets. <sighs> a thousand games. I'll just go low to be bitter. <laughs> I actually think it is lower. Um, yeah, I think it's lower. I think it was like 275 or something. You're going with lower? Happy yeah. with that, yeah? Higher. 339 <laughs> clean sheets. Yeah, we've done it. We, we covered all the Prem stats a few weeks yeah. ago. Okay, okay. I hope I don't repeat yeah, too loads, many yeah. then. So, okay. With Liverpool, it's all history with Everton. I've gone Premier League. Yeah. Um, so, with Liverpool... As I said, they've scored 9,856 goals in 5,790 competitive matches. But in the same period, how many own goals have Liverpool scored? Wow. <laughs> I'm going to give you 167 own goals in 5,790 games. It's a lot of own goals, that. It's a lot of own goals. <laughs> well, I mean, Carragher scored eight, since didn't he? The, since <laughs> when is that? Is that uh, uh, five. So, Ever. ever 5,790 games ever competitive we've played uh, 167 own goals is what I'm giving you two in every 100 games is that something like that three in every 100 games probably lower if you put it like that in it three in every 100 games yeah um, so that's like one and a half a season I've scored that many own goals do you I, I wouldn't have thought so own goals are I rare, think there may have been a lot though it, like in the earlier Years, do you know what I mean? Remember Reese scoring a dive and header on goal? Well, nowadays because you remember that's because it's rare, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The offside thing has an impact on it though as well. Obviously, when you pile more players in closer to the goal, years ago, I think there'd probably be more on goals as a result of it. I'm gonna go higher. Gary's googling there. <laughs> higher, I see. Or you're going higher. Go on. You, yeah, I think plan. I think low, but we went on mine before, go didn't on, we? So go, go on higher. yours. Go higher. Gary. I'll, I'll go. I'll just go against them just to keep the competition. Spirit of competition lower. It's actually higher, two hundred and three. I was quite surprised how high that was. He's nodding as if yeah, yeah. I thought so. Carragher scored two hundred. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right then. 
Thiago famously completed 75 passes in 45 <laughs> minutes against Chelsea. <laughs> Expectations. A stat <laughs> often mocked by the Evertonians. But how many passes have Everton completed in the Premier League since its conception? Okay, I'll give you... How is there even a staff for that? I'll give you 194,000 passes, which is roughly 175 passes per game. So, higher or lower? <laughs> I'm gonna say Sad. lower. It's the 175 passes a game that you're I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say lower because we, we used to play a lot of long ball footy in the 90s. Like, yeah, was I, a lot of I was immediately thinking lower than lower. that. Like, I'm gonna lower. Okay, go lower. Gary, lower as lower. well. Actually, it's higher. It's a uh, 2,3 passes. So Evan have averaged 211.43 passes per game. Sticking with the sticking with goal scoring totals for the Reds. How many of Liverpool's 5,790 goals have come from the penalty spot? I'll give you 610. Got a lot God. of penalties, Liverpool. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we yeah, do, yeah. to be fair. Like. 600 pens. 610 Lovely. pens, so, you know, Ever. it's almost 6,000 goals in it. So you're one in every 10, 10 games. Pretty, every 10 goals. 10 goals. Oh, one in every, yeah, one goal. every 10 games, same thing. No, if we score one goal, oh, say one in every ten, yeah, yeah, ten goals. One what, that's quite a lot. That that's a high frequency. One, one in penalty ten. every ten goals. Yeah, yeah, in every ten goals. No, I'm going. I'm going lower than that. Okay, Blues. that's a lot. That's a high frequency. Yeah, that one in ten. I think so. Right, it's going to be close though, isn't it? Because that's why he's giving it. It is quite close. It is lower. Five two eight. Oof. So and to finishing to, and to finishing and to finish, Everton's past could have been very different if all the times you've hit the woodwork, you would have actually scored a goal. But in 1,108 games, you've scored 1,445 goals. <laughs> but how many times have the Blues hit the woodwork? Premier League. Premier League. So in 1,108 games, how many times have you hit the woodwork? I'll give you 290. <laughs> Don't forget, um, you've scored 1,445 goals in that time. It's better with all these numbers. <laughs> yeah, so we, we've hit the post for every 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 five every five times we've scored, we've hit the post once. Hmm. Posting in now as well, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> posting in as well. Some posting in. Yeah. I don't think our players are ever that good. Though. That doesn't register as a hit the hit the post. No, no. Work, Doesn't it? No, it don't even come out. It's a goal otherwise. How many? Two hundred and. Oh, that changes it then. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Two hundred and ninety. Two hundred and what? Two ninety. I'll give you. Uh, lower. I'll lower. go lower, yeah. I, I, could, I could go lower to ensure me victory because I'm 1 0 up, but I'll just go higher. <laughs> it's actually lower, 178. Oh, I was one, shocked. One. I thought if you've scored 1,400 goals, it'll be you've hit the post a thousand times. I was thinking 178, no. well lower. So that was six questions done. That's it. So 1 1. one. One all. No, no, Zed has nothing. Just, <laughs> You're not going to a tiebreaker. Well, I've got, I've got. Um, who am I? Haven't I? Oh, go ahead. We're going straight into that. Oh, I've lost this. Terrible at this. Well, Terry was terrible at it last week. Millsy got the Liverpool player, and Terry didn't. Can't let that happen again, lads. Right, Everton player first. I signed for Everton around the turn of the millennium. So I know you're not going to get it just off that. I scored my only goal in 18 appearances for the club against Watford. 18 appearances? Nice one, Phil. <laughs> you can't make them too easy. Don't say if you know it. Hold on. Just, right. give me, just give, me, give me a second. Give the listeners a second as well. Yeah, okay, so... I just want pure silence on the podcast. He signed for Everton around the turn of the millennium yeah. and he scored his only goal in 18 appearances for the club against Watford. So you're probably thinking he's like a... He's a defender or a... Or a midfielder, maybe. 
Midfield. How many goals? How many games did Stephen Hughes play? No, he was early. I think he signed earlier than that. Stephen Hughes. Okay, mm-hmm. Everton mm-hmm. signed me from Southampton. No, it's not. Okay, another question. Ah, don't say. If you know, let me give you a couple more clues then. So, when I left Everton, I signed for a club in the Championship. My first ever time outside the top yeah, flight. Yeah, I think that is. Mark Hughes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. There was one last question. I made my debut for my uh, clue. I made my de- debut for Manchester United. Yeah. Well, yeah as, soon, as soon as you said the Southampton one. You got it on, on yeah. three. Gary, come on, we need this. No chance. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm accepting defeat. <laughs> well, because you had to go at me for being outside of your era last time. This one's in your era. So I signed for Liverpool between 2006 and 2010. Oh, I've got it. <laughs> <laughs> what Sometimes, was that, sorry? You signed for Liverpool between 06 and 10. Sometimes if you get the exact season, it makes it too easy, I think. Mm. Liverpool signed me from West Ham. I think Gary's got it. I'll go through the questions for the listeners. I scored 18 goals in three seasons for Liverpool. I sc- do you remember this, Gary? I scored a header from a Fabio Aurelio free kick against Madrid in the last 16 of the Champions League. Yeah. And he scored his last goal for Liverpool in the semi-final of the Champions League against Atletico Madrid, which would have put us through if Diego Forlan hadn't scored a late goal to put them uh, through on away goals. Gary got it on two, so I think that means you are the winner. Yossi Benayoun. For any of the listeners who were trying to guess, I thought that was easy there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's it. Oh, it's still a draw. It, it is no, a draw. He, he got, got it on the second. I got it on the second. Who's oh, got on Think third. about our clues, though. We got Millennium and one goal in eighteen games. Like he got, he got the club on his second clue. Yeah, yeah. You should have had the goals. I wasn't f- too far off with Stephen Hughes. I'm just lucky. He signed in 2000 and scored one goal in 29 games. Oh, you're very close. Fair play. I thought he signed earlier, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah, well, that, that was close. Must do better on the kill, on the clues then. No, I think it should be it should, <laughs> there should be parity on the clues. Yeah. Sometimes you should have got the goals second. Do you know what? You sign less players than us, so sometimes when you give a, give a year, you're like, oh yeah, it was, a, it was him who we signed that year. You know what I mean? I feel to be fair, Pricey, Yeah, it, we, I, I think we'd sign them in the same window actually. Mark Hughes yeah. and Stephen Hughes. Yeah. No, we wouldn't have done, would we? I don't know. Two thousand. <laughs> you sold Hughes in two thousand and sold in the same year. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't there long. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, going to quickly preview the the upcoming games. Starting with it, who's playing on the Saturday? Because we're, we're we're quarter past eight. Yeah, in, so at we'll night. start with yourselves then on on, on the Saturday. Um, home against Southampton. Southampton, interesting one. Yeah, I think you know. Again, we we've been saying it all season for Liverpool. We don't really know what to expect from us. You'd like to think it's 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 three points for us. You know, Southampton have been in in been in different form, haven't they? They've had some really good performances, some really poor performances, and I think that's been a, quite a, a big thing for their whole season. Um, I think the missing Ings now. I, I think, think Ings so, is yeah. injured, which is a it's obviously big a, thing, a, yeah. a big thing for us because he's he's a massive goal threat. Um, yeah, I'd like to, especially with now knowing we've got a game in hand and we can we can get some points on the boards and and try and close down the the top four. It's an unlikely feat now for us, but. You know, if you can get them three points on the board, knowing you've still got another three to come potentially, yeah, it's it, it could be a big thing. We we've got to go out there and win every game now, Gary. So it's like, yeah. um, well, one thing I will say about Southampton, I feel like they're a bit of a bogey team for us. We seem to struggle against them, um, especially if it's at their place. But where, where is it? I don't. Where are we this time? I don't Imagine. think it matters now. This though, season, yeah. this season, probably even worse being at home. But um, the interesting thing is. Because you know we've got to win, and that will Klopp go with the four forwards 
every game now till the end of the season. I, I don't think so because I don't think it necessarily works all the time. No, you no. know it, it, it can it can sometimes trip us up a bit where there's too many bodies. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, it tripped us up in the last game a little bit, didn't it? Yeah. We, we look good going forward. We created loads of chances, but we let them in. So. Yeah, I'd I'd like to I'd like to just think we now we know we as you said we we need to win every game so treat them all as as, as your cup final and just go at it don't don't wait for the opposition don't try and wait for them to make mistakes and so just go at it. The, the biggest just, question mark on the game is will Fabinho play in defence again because and if not who, who the hell is going? Well, to... the team the team got um, announced yesterday for the United game and he was in the middle. Phillips and Kabak were, were oh, starting. Oh, Phillips is back. Yeah, okay. they, they, I didn't so, realise Phillips was yeah, back. Yeah, so okay. they they were going to be the centre back. So providing they stay fit, I'd assume that that'll be the partnership yeah. for the remainder of the season. And Fabinho will be in the middle. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we're, with Fabinho. So if we were going to play the four, does does Wayne Aldum drop out? He dropped. He was dropped out of the United game. Okay. It was Thiago, Thiago Milner. Well, the Thiago Milner. Yeah. Jota Wayne and Jota was on the bench. Oh, so it's 4-3-3. Yeah. Oh, I think that tells you everything you need to know about the Southampton game then, doesn't it? Although, you know, maybe you've got to win that midfield battle a bit more against United than, than maybe that's more of a worry against United than it will be I don't think, if I remember rightly, when we played Southampton earlier this season, Warprouse ran the midfield mm. in the game. And yeah, I think that's, did, yeah. if, if that's if that's the case, we can't allow that to happen again. So maybe you'll go with the same team. Yeah. That 11 that was put out for the United game, you know, it might just be that that's the 11 unless, yeah. unless something happens. I'll be happy with that. Yeah, it wouldn't bother me. I think it's a it's a I think perfectly capable. Yeah, I think Milner's been shown lately that he's still got loads. Of yeah, I agree. And uh, you know he's got more going forward. Than I think. People yeah, I think. For. I think that. Yeah, well, that that one season he was leading yeah. assisted in the Champions League, yeah. so it shows you that. But still, you know, he has shots and uh, sometimes he's come on. He's the only player who has like good shot, and yeah, I think I think he's quite quite an attacking player. He can do it all, can't he? Yeah, I'd, I'd say I'd, I'd like to think we can we can. Get the three points there. So going on predictions, I'll I'll say I'll say two 0 Liverpool. Yeah, I'll go with two 0 as well. With Fab in the middle, I'll I'll, uh, I'll second that. Okay, well, uh, give us your thoughts on that, Reds. If you if you agree or disagree with with Gary and Phil, Pricey, we've got a difficult uh, difficult game away to to um, West Ham on on Sunday. Which, to be fair, one way or the other, we'll we'll draw a line under. I think our European hope, hopes full stop. Um, I am going to bring up that there's this uh, Europa League conference that's that's been got the conference league or whatever that's mm. been then tabled over the last few weeks. We'll come on to that next week because it, it may have some relevance for us all. Liverpool depends on how the results go. Liverpool may end up in it. Uh, we may end up in it. Um, it is quite complicated, but it's 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 a it's a bit like. The old in Soto Cup, but it's not in order to qualify for the Europa League. It's its yeah, own we spoke about it last week, but we didn't know the format of the year. Uh, I know the format now, but we'll cover it next week because okay. I think it'd be more relevant depending on how the results go. But um, West Ham away, um, you know, we we haven't gone, we haven't we haven't covered a week in history yet. Um, but I'm going to try and cover ours now because it's got a little bit of context to it. We were looking back at the um, 2005 when Everton clinched fourth place with a 2-0 2-0 victory against against Newcastle it was goals from Davy Weir and Tim Cale and when we were watching that game back because we do you know we do that we don't we haven't got we haven't got the memories that uh, that that people might think we have we wa- we watched the game back or we watched the highlights and the, the thing that stuck out for you and then I agreed was the the amount of passion that was that was um you know that that was that was apparent about yeah. the players now Obviously, you've got to temper that with the fans being there and the fans getting behind them. But 
you look back at those characters in the team, like your Carsleys, your, your Weirs, your, your Kales. Yeah. They all they were all fighting for the shirt, weren't they? And they were all desperate and so kind of overjoyed when we scored and, and we were successful. Um, so looking at that, you know, we're facing David Moyes at the weekend. Do you think he's kind of produced that type of mentality at West Ham? I think he's starting to, yeah. I think he's starting to produce it. Early days, and he's done brilliantly this season. Still quite early days for him, isn't it? But you can definitely see a Moyes team taking shape. The signings he's brought in as well have been Moyes signings, haven't he? Typical Moyes signings that he's brought into yeah. West Ham. And it, it just suits him. West Ham are a little bit like Everton, aren't they? Like, you know, that team, that, that type of club that uh, that sort of wants to push on, but but has, hasn't, hasn't had no, no success in years. So it suits Moyes that West Ham suits Moyes and he's been it seems like he's been given the opportunity to do it his own way obviously yeah. he came in went back you know got sacked or whatever and then came back in and it seems like since he's come back in they've allowed him to to take control and take I the I think that was his it. comment when he left last time wasn't it saying well you know I was, I was in a holding pattern I wasn't allowed to do anything yeah. you know I was never going to produce anything I need time as a manager and to be fair I think that the clubs that have given time you've seen that haven't you he's a quality manager I mean going back to that 2005 team there was no outstanding players in that team he brought players from the championship he brought players that you know sort of cast off like Lee Carsley was a bit of a cast off do you know what I mean like he, he was he was even Arteta was a cast off yeah so he brought in that type of players and, and, and made a squad and made put brought a belief into the club not just the team the club brought a belief into it and you can see that on the pitch and the players there's agency they're fighting for each other and and West Ham are starting to get that now. I don't think they've got it, you know, nowhere near what, what that 2005 team had for Everton, but you can see it taking shape because he's a quality manager. Mm. And when you give him that he time... He was on Affenstock, though, not long ago. And like, I'm really yeah, pleased yeah. for him, even as I read that, he's turned it round because he, he was almost an embarrassment. It was the he? move, to, it was the United move, wasn't it? And, and the way that Spain. That, yeah, he went to Sociedad, didn't mm. he? And, and I, think the Sunderland, yeah, I think going from Sociedad to, to, and the Sunderland one, sort yeah. of anyone going to Sunderland, if anyone's watched the documentary like about Sunderland since then, if anyone... Going to Sunderland at that point, no one would have succeeded. So no. he made a he made a couple of bad choices. I think going yeah. to Spain to so I think what he done is got the United job when whoever got the United job was gonna was mm. gonna fail basically for for you know loads of reasons that we need to go into in terms of Ferguson and, and the team he left behind. And then he's gone to Sociedad to, to get out the spotlight a little bit and try and build that team up and probably the wrong choice. Mm. Too early as well. Impossible the, to yeah. that because you can only sign a small yeah, bass yeah. players, bass yeah, players, yeah. and then like the whole thing of his style of football was never going to be sounded no, no. uh, so just Spanish no, white handkerchief for yeah, yeah. really. And then he's come to Sunderland, another bad choice. But as I say, West Ham's similar to Everton in lots of respects, and uh, he seems to be thriving. So yeah, that 2005 team is probably one of the best, the best moments in we've had. Well, getting top four has got to be one of the best moments yeah. we've had in since the FA Cup, hasn't it? And, uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm I'm a bit worried about us going there. The yeah, weekend. I think it's a tough game. I mean, it's a lot to a certain extent going to hinge on how they get on today. Um, they, they've they've got a game this evening. Um, they play Burnley, aren't they? Yeah, they're playing. They're home to Burnley actually. Another home game for them. So I think I think that's going to kind of set up away. They are sorry. Away, sorry. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's a tough game that Burnley have in typical Dyke fashion have, have just put a run together. Haven't they to take themselves away from that that relegation zone, but. You know, it'll be interesting to see how they respond because they lost the last game, West Ham. And it was an opportunity to obviously not cement the place, but really to get themselves in the, in the hunt for that mm. that next um, that Europa League spot. Because I think I think the the fourth now looks, you know, it, they're still in they're still in the mix. But Chelsea have looked like they're they're in the box seat now. Um, but again, looking back at Moyes, I think these are the type of games that 
he, he tends to thrive in like those home games where you're you're already know how it's going to be. He's going to kind of surrender surrender possession to us, isn't he? I, I think an interesting one for us is Decore. He might be back apparently, yeah, yeah um, which would enough. be a, which would be a massive boost for us, particularly because they're so combative in that midfield. And I think without him, we we could really you know really struggle. Um, to to you know to get a foothold in the game and then to weather any storms that you know that they produce yeah. because I think we might just get bullies in there. It won't suit us if he does if he does surrender possession to us either because we're not that type of team. I mean, I'd I'd be tempted even if Decore's back, I'd be tempted to play Davis as well. So we'll play Davis, Allen, and Decore in midfield just to just to to have that little bit of steel fight here and steel. Yeah. Gomez hasn't got it, and Sigurdsson isn't really that type of player either. They've um, all got legs, them, haven't they? And they'll yeah, all match. Yeah, they'll, they'll all match them. They'll match them exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what you need to do. And then hope if we have when we have got the ball, we do produce a bit of quality. But yeah, like well, that'll probably allow us to play the the four three three where you have Hammers on one side, potentially with Charleston on the yeah. other side, and Cavill Lewin up there. And probably not a bad shout. Yeah, maybe look good at the start of the season, isn't it? Yeah, just made me laugh. Well. That's sorry, Tom Davis steal. No, I didn't mean. I didn't mean <laughs> no, steal. It, but I mean, like, no, I know what you're saying. He's energy and he'll run around. He'll be industrious. Yeah. I mean, he can't tackle. He can't. I was pass, just thinking, like, I was comparing him, <laughs> comparing him to like Suness or someone. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you compare him with Gomez, he's he's, he's proper steel compared yeah, to Gomez. Yeah. So well, that's what I meant. But yeah, with, with that in mind, then obviously, I think I think we know how West Ham are going to play. They're probably going to play on the play on the counter. Um, they, they're going to be dangerous from set plays, but so are we, so are we to be fair, so are we, so are we. Um, what what what's your position? How do you see it pan out? Um. I think it'll be a close game for that reason that nobody really wants to grab hold of the ball, do they? And both teams are probably trying to pick each other off to a certain extent. Um, I'm, I'm reluctant to say that I hope we're up for it because it's a big game. I think I think for me the season's just let's just get rid really, of the season, yeah. draw a line under it, and, and go again next next season. Really, uh, so on that basis, uh, I can't I can see a draw. I yeah, can, I can see a draw. I can see like a one-all draw. Yeah, I, I completely agree. To be honest, um, I I can see a one-all draw. I, I'll go with I'll go with two-one to us because I, I think it could go either way. I think it's one of them games where I think it will be tight. It'll be tightly contested. Um, I think the first goal w- will make a big difference. Um, I think if we get it, we might go two two up, and then it's whether we can whether that storm. I'll go two-one just to just to be a little bit different. But I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a one-all draw. To be fair. Uh, just quickly before we finish, then we, we we brushed over, or we didn't brush over. We included our week in history and ours. Your week in history was in second leg victory over Chelsea at Anfield with that. The same year, two thousand five. Yeah, with, with that, with that. Um, the ghost goal. The ghost goal. Lewis yeah. Garcia. Lewis Garcia. Yeah. Yeah. The the memories from that game. Obviously, that was the the, the first time, certainly in my in my watching Liverpool days. Um, that we'd got to a, a Champions League semi final. It was the the yep. biggest game I, I could. I could ever imagine going to at the time before obviously the final, um, and then get getting to the grounds and the, the bus welcoming and that that slowly getting into the grounds and then the, I think I think if I remember rightly the ground was full like forty five oh, minutes yeah. before an hour before before well, kick off every, every Champions League game that's yeah usual. and it was just like it it was just the atmosphere I know everyone everyone always talks about it but it wasn't just like songs and chants and things like that it was just pure noise yeah. it wasn't anything in particular it was just from start to finish I, I just remember uh, the fields of Anfield Road just got sang over and over again in the cup 
I, I, I remember we, you say we got there like 40 minutes before the songs were going. I was still there half an hour after kickoff. After sorry, after the full full time. Yeah, whistle. I think I think the uh, quite a lot of the a lot of the quarters stayed full. for for a mm-hmm. while because the the players were on the pitch for ages celebrating yeah. and you know joining in the celebrations with the fans and yeah, it was just. What's that rivalry we had with Chelsea then? It was at the time, yeah. Mourinho and Benitez hated each yeah, other, so yeah. the fans then then that spilled over to the fans. We hated each other, and yeah. it was just. Yeah, it, it was it was proper boss, but to, to not get the away goal at Stamford Bridge, it was a big thing, mm-hmm. and you know we we knew it was it was always going to be a close game, and we knew we we couldn't concede. What was your where was your heart when Good Johnson got the ball in the ninety ninety fourth minute? Well, the first I saw the ball come to Good Johnson, I was in the cop, I could see it go to go to him, and I could see where the goal was in relation to him. I just thought certain goal, and I sat down head and hands. I couldn't see the actual goal because there was a fella in front of me. So I just sat down, head and hands, and I'm just sorry if I jump up, cheer. I thought, what? What's possibly happening <laughs> How's he missed? Yeah, I just didn't know what happened. But I couldn't believe it. just couldn't believe it. That but, that moment was just like, we, we had Carragher on the podcast a few weeks ago, well, a couple of months ago, and I, I've always said, I always wanted to ask him, did, did you get a touch on it? I wanted him to take the glory, and he just said no. <laughs> he put it wide. To this day, I still don't know what happened. I've never watched it back, like, I don't know what happened. How, how have you never seen <laughs> that? <laughs> no. He just put it wide, dragged a shot wide, basically, yeah, past the post. But uh, What I will say, though, Mourinho likes to bring up the fact that, like, oh, it didn't go over the line or not, but it would have so been d- a pen. So do I. It I been, hope it never. Yeah, I hope it never. <laughs> but it would have been a pen and a sending off I think, the, re- I think off, the referee yeah. actually said he just sent Czech off yeah. so it, you know you're potentially 1-0 up and they're down to 10 men which yeah. you know they're in an even worse position then but yeah, yeah I think that just just looking back on that after, after your week in history last week I thought we better get a decent one <laughs> this week <laughs> yeah much more fun talking yeah. about that but yeah that's uh, that's it for this week anyway lads um, I, I feel a lot better it's, it's mm. always like therapy when you play so so poorly and at a uh, in the game, and I, 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 me and Pricey were dreading this actually coming I mean, on. Like, that was good football chat, considering it was a defeat and a, and a postponed and a game. Postponed game, yeah. Not right didn't there, didn't do too badly out of that. <laughs> um, as always, and again, I've mentioned it a few times in the episode. Please send any any questions um, or any comments you've got. Uh, we love getting the messages, and, and we get plenty of them during the week, and it gives us plenty to talk about in between the episodes. Thanks again for all your support. I'll catch you again next week.